Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together. I thank you for the opportunity to come here. I pray that you would work in our hearts tonight, that you see fit, and whatever you want to do would be done. And Father, we're not here because uh, just to put in our time, we're here to hear from you. And Father, we know that the, the Bible that we hold in our hand or sit on our lap is your word. It's life-changing, and it has instructions for today. And so, Father, I pray that as we look at the truth tonight, that we would see very clearly how it applies to our life tomorrow and this week. And, Father, please help us to be different on Monday from what we've heard on Sunday, and that uh, we would not just uh, check a box or put in our time, but you would do a work in our hearts. And thank you for the opportunity to meet together and fellowship together with uh, other people who know you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I'm glad they're here tonight. I mean, obviously, I'm glad that you're here at church any Sunday night, but especially tonight, we're continuing our series about enjoying life. And it's very important that you're here tonight because, as we heard last week, tomorrow is Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. Blue Monday. So you'll, you'll be uh, making sure that you're ready to go, and you'll be well-equipped to deal with the depression that hits you first thing tomorrow morning. So it's very important tomorrow morning that you wake up and you flip the switch in your mind and have a merry heart this week. And that was our challenge last week to uh, every day ask the Lord to help us have a merry heart. I hope you did that. And I hope you continue to do that. And I did this week as I prayed. And I said, Lord, today I want to face the circumstances of today. And I know I can have an afflicted heart and, and be look at life through, those, uh, uh, through the afflictions and the sorrows that we, we go through. Or I can have a merry heart and have, let that be the uh, overall impact and the outlook of my life. And so I hope you did that this week and had a merry heart. Remember, Jesus Christ came to earth to give us life. And he gave, came to give us life more abundantly. So it's not a Christian life just to endure, but a Christian life to enjoy. And so we started talking about this idea of enjoying life as a believer in Jesus Christ. All right. And so we're going to continue that tonight. When I first started talking about the series and about what we're going to talk about, this passage tonight is the first passage that came to mind. In this passage we'll look at tonight, we see that... Uh, God, through Peter, tells us how to love life and have good days. If I were to tell you that this week at our church, Jesus Christ would be here, and Jesus Christ is going to share with you how that you could love life this week, and you could have you know, good days. Every day this week would be a good day, and Jesus Christ is going to be here to tell you that. I hope that you would sign up and show up for that class. I think we all would, Right? I think we all would come to, to hear Jesus Christ speak. Jesus Christ is not here, but we have uh, the Word of God. And so in the Word of God, he uses those terms. If you want to love life and see good days, here's what you should do. This passage in 1 Peter is uh, repeated from uh, Psalm 34. Right? So it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament, this, these few verses are uh, repeated again uh, from the Word of God. And so here in these verses, we see how to love life and see good days. And he's going to give us three things tonight to, to do in our life if we want to love life and see good days. I'll be honest with you. If I was going to have teach a class on how you should love life and see good days, these are not the three things I would speak about. But the good thing is I'm not God. And so God knows better and God knows best. And here's some things that we can do if we want to enjoy life, if we want to love life and see good days 
Here's what God says we could do. And I've kind of lumped all these three areas together in one thought. We're going to talk about this tonight. This is the main idea tonight. Enjoying life by avoiding drama. And everybody chuckles a little bit. Avoiding drama. How many of you think that a drama-free life would be an enjoyable life? Right? Amen? We all think that. Like we, drama is something that we all deal with. You know, here's the funny thing about drama. Everyone hates drama. But yet it's everywhere. Right? I, I've never met somebody say, oh yeah, I love drama. And I can't wait. I always, I'm stirring it up everywhere I go. I'm trying to stir up drama. Everybody hates drama. I've had people who are the most dramatic people that I've known say to me how much they hate drama. Everyone hates drama, but yet it's everywhere. Uh, there's work drama. There's school drama. Certainly there's family drama at times. Sometimes even church drama, unfortunately. Even children of God who come together for a few hours a week uh, have conflicts, and sometimes those conflicts turn into drama. And so some of you in this room must be causing the drama because it's not me. All right, it's not my fault. So it has to be you guys. So this message is for you tonight because you guys are causing the drama that comes into my life. I, I told my daughter Nikki tonight that I was going to preach on avoiding drama. And uh, Robin was back there. He said, you have experience with that. You've been youth pastor for 25 years. Oh, yeah, we've dealt with some drama. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've dealt with some over the years, some of the funniest things that have happened. I mean, I can tell you stories of... I'm thinking of two girls who got in a fist fight in the parking lot over who got to sit in the front seat of the van. I mean, I mean, we had to break them up. <laughs> I'm thinking of a girl. It's, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. I'm thinking of a girl who um, was mad at Jackie and I and to get back at us years ago called one of those dating lines in London and was on that dating line, on the phone line, and said, Hello, this is Jackie Holland. I'm home all alone. Give me a call. And so around, I don't know, around 11 o'clock at night, we started getting phone calls from guys. I'm like, hello? He's like, is, is Jackie there? I was like, this is her husband, click. I was like, what, what, what's going on? Like, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. <laughs> we almost got divorced that night. No, I'm just teasing. I was like, who are these guys? And then another, you know, another half hour later, phone so I, find, I was like, hey, before you go, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Where'd you get my number? And he told me the story. This, this girl's on this, someone's on this line saying they're home alone and they're, they're uh, call this number. <laughs> you know? So I call that number. I'm trying to get our name and stuff off that. And so finally around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I unplugged the phone. This is back before cell phones. And so we uh, unplugged the phone. And, and so we've had some drama, all right? So we've worked with teenagers. That drama happens. It's everywhere, right? And I'm talking about more, there's more serious drama that, that lasts for years. Family divisions that last for years. Church drama that lasts for years. People in church that won't sit on the same side of the auditorium as somebody else because something happened 10 years ago. Right? Is that the way the body of Christ ought to function? Answer me. No, come on. We know better than that. A body cannot function when there is that division. And so we need in a church, in a family, to, to work through. Conflicts are going to come, but conflict does not have to turn into drama. 
if we handle conflict correctly. And so I've kind of entitled this Avoiding Drama, uh, three things that we could use in our life to help us get through drama. So tonight I want to challenge you to be decisively proactive in three areas. So decide that I'm going to be proactive. I'm, going to, I'm not going to react. I'm going to be proactive in these areas and attempt in my life to make this part of my makeup, part of my life. And in so doing, God says you can love life and see good days. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good guarantee from God. If God says, here's how you love life and see good days, do these things, I think we ought to take note of that and put that in our life. And so that's the challenge tonight here in 1 Peter, three things, three areas to be proactive in so we have less drama. So look at 1 Peter chapter 3, two quick verses. We won't be long tonight, but I hope you'll get something from the Word of God. Verse number 10. Here's what the Bible says, For he that will love life... And see good days. All right, so here, this is, I'm talking to you. You want to love life? You want to see good days? Here you do, here you do. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Pretty simple. Three things that you can do to make sure that you are on the right track, that you can love life and see good days by avoiding drama. Our life would be better if we can do these things, right? So first one, it says this, he that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So first of all, how do you, how do you avoid drama? Number one, bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. The word refrain means... To restrain or restrict. Did your mom ever tell you, hey, you bite your tongue? Don't say that. Don't, don't speak that out. The word refrain means to stop, restrain, hold back. And the Bible here is telling us that if we would learn to hold our tongue, bite our tongue, we'll, have, we'll be able to love life and see good days. How many of you understand that it's mostly our words that stir up drama? Right? Come on. It's our words that make things better or worse. You know, in any situation, when a little fire is going, your words will either be water to put it out or gasoline to fuel the fire. It's your words. So if you come into a conflict, your words will either make that thing explode into a full-fledged fire or you'll put that fire out by your words. And so learn to bite your tongue, to restrain, to hold back your tongue from what, and, and your lips so they speak no guile. I think this goes without saying, but just because you think it, it doesn't mean you should say it. If, if I said everything I thought, I'd get myself in a lot of trouble, right? How about you, right? The times I get myself in the most trouble is when I remove the filter from my brain to my lips and it just comes out. And I think, why did I say that? We all have thought, we all think, and sometimes I think this would be really funny to say, but I better not say it. <laughs> right? Come on. And you guys have all been there. And the Bible here is teaching us, refrain, restrain the tongue, bite your tongue so that you don't stir up more drama. Probably why the Bible tells us to be swift to hear and slow to speak. You're in a conflict, you're, there's a situation in your family, there's a situation at work, there's a situation in church, and you're working that through. Let me give you some advice. Be swift to hear, slow to speak. It's not all about getting your point across, it's about hearing their point. And so sometimes in a situation, you need to just sit there and bite your tongue. Restrain that. 
If you don't, you won't love life and see good days. You know, I, I, there are people that deal with drama, they drama people all the time. I think, how can you enjoy life? There's been times in my life where there's been conflict and even drama, and I, it bothers me. It weighs on me. It's heavy on me. I just want to deal with it. Let's get it over. Let's, let's resolve this thing. Let's, let's get this behind us. And sometimes I, I wait and I think, why did I wait to do Why If I even just sat down and talked it out, it would have been so much better. Refrain your tongue. Watch what you say. And it goes on to say uh, that your lips, that they speak no guile. <laughs> the word guile means deception. To deceive somebody. You know, sometimes we can stir up strife and drama by what we say. And sometimes it's by what we don't say. Allowing somebody to believe a lie by what you do. Sometimes we choose our words very carefully and we give half a story so that they walk away and you know that you, I didn't lie, but they're thinking something that's not true. <laughs> no, that's called guile. And we think, well, well I didn't lie. I, I, I told the truth. I just didn't tell all the truth. So they walked away thinking something that was untrue. That's guile. You're allowing them to be deceived. And so the Bible says, refrain your tongue and your lips that they speak no guile. Sometimes we, use our, we, we try to manipulate a situation. We're, and, and here we stir up drama. We try to manipulate a situation by using our words and, and trying to get them to believe something that's untrue. We're manipulating. And so the Bible says don't be manipulating. Be, uh, be honest, but bite your tongue. Don't restrain that tongue. Choose your words carefully. So we need to be decisively proactive about using kind, honest words. Kind, honest words words. You know what the Bible says? A soft answer turneth away wrath. There's strife there? Give a soft answer. Choose kind. The Bible says in the New Testament, speaking the truth in love, right? And so this is how we ought to, this ought to be a characteristic of our life because I want to love life and see good days and glorify God and enjoy life. I am going to refrain my tongue, I'll bite my tongue in those situations. I'm going to choose my words carefully and I am going to try not to speak any guile. I'm just going to try to be kind and honest. So number one, he says, if you want to love life and see good days, bite your tongue. Number two, he goes on to say, look at the, book, look at the Bible here. Verse 10, he that will love life and see good days and refrain his tongue from evil. His lips, they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Eschew is a funny word, right? Doesn't it sound funny if I say it, eschew? Sounds like I need to say God bless you, gesundheit right after I say it. Like, it's, it's not a sneeze, all right? Eschew. I, I put it this way. I, take the high road. Bite your tongue and then take the high road, all right? Make, make a choice to take the high road. Here he says this, eschew evil and do good. Eschew means simply to shun or avoid. We can see the contrast here. So in the other two things to look at, it says, bite your tongue and lips, they speak no guile. It's kind of the same thing, just rephrase. Later on, I'll say, seek peace and ensue it. Same thing, kind of just rephrase. Now he says this, eschew evil and the opposite, do good. So there's a contrast. It's like a, a fork in the road. And we're trying to talk about here, when you're involved in drama or trying to avoid drama before it even starts. And here, I want you to understand, these principles tonight will help you resolve drama 
but it'll also help you avoid ever having drama. And so if you're in a situation where there is a, a, a situation, a conflict, and, and there is some, some, something in your life, in your family, at work, whatever that you're dealing with, here are some principles to help you get through that. And if not, this is something to help us avoid those things in our life. Here it says, eschew evil and do good. So instead of running toward drama, run away from drama. You know, there's an old uh, kind of a story that all the gossip takes place at work. Where does the gossip take place at work? Where, do you, where does most of that stuff talk? They always say like at the water cooler, <laughs> the photocopy machine, wherever people are. And if there's drama going on, my, my wife would say that sometimes she goes to Walmart and she hears the Walmart workers put, stacking the shelves together and they're talking about this girl and that girl and the other thing. And she's like, I would never want to work at Walmart. All I hear is them talking about each other and drama, right? And so you ought to be a person that avoids the drama and runs away from the drama, not to, is there something going, you don't need to know what's going on. You don't, if there's a, a problem there, don't jump in and get involved in this. Listen to what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 17. I'll put it up on the uh, board for you. I love this verse. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. You're walking by and there's, some, there's something going on over here that's not in your business and you jump into it. The Bible says it's like taking a dog by the ears. What does that mean? Well, I'll get, here's a challenge. If you're out someday and a guy's walking this dog, run over the dog and grab the dog by the ears. See what happens. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. If, if it's, unless that's a really nice dog, that dog's not going to like it too much. You're going you're gonna to be the one that ends up getting bit. That's what the Bible is saying. You go meddle with, you put your nose where it doesn't belong, you're the one that's going to get bit. You're the one that's going to do Don't take the dog by the ears. Don't run into something that's none of your business. Hey, in my years of experience in the youth group, I know that drama usually starts here with a couple people and ends up here with many people, right? What happens in, especially in teenagers, and it happens in churches, and it happens at work, people build teams. <laughs> this girl did something to me, so I'm going to tell four people over here so they're on my team. And it's almost like the old adage when the, you know, two kids are going to fight at school and they all have like five people on their side. They bring, they bring their, their team with them. That's how drama gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Stay out of it. Take the high road. Get away from that. Don't involve yourself in somebody else's business. It says here, eschew evil. Run from it. Shun it. Get away from it. And just do good. Just do what's right. Don't meddle in stuff that's none of your business. Be proactive and decide that any situation that you're getting dragged into, you're not going there. If someone's trying to drag you in, take the high road. Do good. Go above and beyond. You're involved in drama right now. There's a situation. Take the high road with that person. What does that mean? There's been times in, in, in my life, in our life as a couple, that we thought maybe... Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, that maybe I offended somebody with what I said. I mean, that's hard to believe. And sometimes we, I, just, I don't want to go and say to them, hey, have I offended you? I didn't want to start have that conversation. So you just kind of maybe send them a note and say, hey, praying for you, thinking about you. You know, I have anything to do for you, let us know. And you just kind of reach out to them. Take the high road. Do something nice for them. No, that's pretty biblical when it says, you know, love your enemies and do good to those who despitefully use you. So even if you think someone has wronged you, you can still do kind for them. Take the high road. Go above and beyond. 
you say, well, that's not natural. No, but this is how you love life and see good days. This is how you stay out of drama because you're taking the high road. You're just going to do right, do right, do right, do right, and avoid evil, avoid evil, avoid evil. Stay out of it. Be proactive. For all of us, there'll be times like we feel like we've tried to do good, but the situation is still not good. Ever done that? You think, I did everything I could, and the situation is still not good. Have you ever felt that way? I've done everything I could, and it just hasn't worked out. You know what? This is something that's helped me. I just think this to myself. If I can lay my head on the pillow at night and ask myself, did I do what was right? If I can answer yes to that, then everything else will have to work out on its own. I did everything I, I did right. I took the high road. I, I, I try to be like Jesus Christ. I try, to, I try to avoid the drama. I try to make things right, and it's still not right. I did all that I could do. Take the high road. A road. Avoid drama. The Bible here says, eschew evil, do good. Make that choice. Look at our verses again, verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that he speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Last thing that the Bible lists here for us is simply this. Pursue peace. Pursue peace. I mean, maybe it's not to you, but it's funny to me that these are the three things that God says. Hey, you want to love life and then see good days? Here's three things to do. Bite your tongue, take the high road, and pursue peace. And and things you'll have a, a better life. Your life will be more enjoyable. Because we're all sinners, Conflict is normal. Peace has to be pursued. Right? Listen to me. If you put a bunch of kids in a room, let's say you put eight kids in a room, no adult supervision. Come back an hour later. Is there peace or chaos? Chaos. Is there peace or conflict? (laughs) Conflict, right? Conflict happens naturally because we're sinners. Peace does not happen naturally. That's not just talking about kids. Look over in the Middle East. <laughs> Look at nations. Peace does not happen naturally. This world is not full of peace. Jesus Christ says, I'll leave my peace. I give my peace unto you. And we can have peace in a world full of conflict. But by nature, those of you who are in the workforce... You put a bunch of people in the same office, even with, a, with a, you know, supervision. Is there 100% peace all the time or is there conflict? Oh, there's conflict. It happens everywhere. So you're going to deal with conflict. I think it, it's unrealistic for us to think that we're not going to deal with drama or, un, or not going to deal with conflict. We have to learn to deal with it correctly. So if there is conflict in your life, if there's a broken relationship in your life, if there's someone that you just can't stand to be in the room with, then maybe you need to be the peace seeker. I'm so thankful that right now, uh, in, in all of our relatives, my wife's side and my side, we could have a family reunion and we, there's, there's no animosity there. That's not a normal thing, <laughs> right? That's not a normal thing. I realize that. We're blessed to have that. 
my brother and I, and I don't think any of you in this room has ever met my brother. He's not near as good looking as I am. Actually, he's better looking than I am. So, And he's short. <laughs> it's funny. Um, great guy. We're not super close. But when we get together, we're, we're good. There's peace. I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy coming to church. Because I feel like I'm at peace with you. If you're not at peace with me, let's talk about it. But I feel like I'm at peace with you. Just, so, just saying. That's not always been the case. I'll be honest with you. There have been times years ago where we felt like when we are coming to church, we are going to a place where peace had been broken. And there was conflict in the church that we had to work through. It was not a fun time, but we knew we had to work through it, work through it, work through it. And when we dealt with it, peace is restored. There was one instance years ago when Dr. Thompson was alive. And some of you know Dr. Thompson. And he came back to our church and he had been gone for a little bit. And he said to Pastor Stone, what happened here? There is a great peace. There's a great spirit here. Something happened while I was gone. You know what happened? Someone left the church. Somebody who was not at peace and was not getting on board with what, where the church was going and was stirring up some strife and drama in the church decided to go somewhere else. That we hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I wish everybody just get on board. We just keep going forward. For the Lord. But sometimes that happens. But you know what? When that drama left, peace is restored. So I'm saying in your life, if there's a relationship, if there's something, in, if there's something at work, if something at home, if there's something uh, at school, there's something going on, maybe you need to be the peace seeker. Because here's what the Bible is saying. You ought to pursue peace. Chase, the word pursue means to chase after, to go after. Be the peace seeker. Listen. If you have unresolved conflict with somebody... From what I've seen in the Bible, you have two choices. Are you ready? You have unresolved conflict. There, there's something here, something there. You know, is a, is a conflict. Here's you have two choices in the Bible. Number one, you have a choice to work it out. That's biblical. You have a, you have a problem in the church. Church drama happens again. You have a choice to work it out. Matthew chapter 18 says this. Let me, let me ask you this question. Let's say that Bruce Mifflin did something and I'm offended by what Bruce Mifflin, he's hurt my feelings. I'm upset at Bruce Mifflin. There's no peace right now between me and Bruce Mifflin. That could happen. Bruce could easily offend me. <laughs> Let's say that happens. So Bruce has offended me. There's no peace. Who has the responsibility to initiate that peace settlement? Me or Bruce? I'm offended. Matthew chapter 18 says, if thy brother has offended you, go to him alone. So I have, the Bible puts some responsibility on me. If I'm the one that's offended, I should say, Bruce, hey, man, let's work this thing out. I'm, man, I don't know if I took it wrong or whatever, but I, I don't like this feeling. This is not going to happen between us. The Bible puts responsibility on me to do that. But here's a verse that we don't think of very often. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, if you're going to bring your gift to the altar and they're giving your gift to the altar, you remember that a brother has ought against you. All right, so Bruce Smith is going to bring a gift to the altar. He's going to do something in service for God. And while he's doing it, he remembers that uh, Pastor Holland's still upset with me. I don't have a problem, but he has a problem. No, the Bible says, leave your gift at the altar, go make things right with your brother, and then bring your gift. You know what I'm saying? You both have responsibility. 
If there is a division, you're both under responsibility to work it out. Have you ever done it with your kids? Like, you know, you two go in that room and work it out and don't come out until you get along. Figure it out. Like, just get it done. And Jesus Christ and God says we need to work it out. And we do that by butting our tongue, <laughs> taking the high road, and pursuing peace. We can, we can work it out. There's almost nothing that we can't work out if we keep Jesus Christ at the focus of these things. Will there be conflict in the body of Christ? Always. Is it, does that conflict need to turn to drama that causes division? No. If we seek peace and pursue it. So we have the option to go work it out. I go to Bruce. Bruce comes to me. doesn't matter. We work it out. I have a second option. I can work it out or I can just let it go. I can just let it go. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks about if someone's defrauded you, someone's done something against you, it's better to suffer yourself to be defrauded than to take them to court. You can just say, you know, Bruce did this thing. It probably wasn't the best thing. It bugged me, but eh, I'm over it. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not worth me going to Bruce about, and I'm just going to love Bruce and forget about like that ever happened. I have an option just to let it go, just to forgive him like Christ forgave me and just go on with life. And, and not just, it's not just saying, you know, I don't want to deal with it. That's different. Now listen, that's different. You can't just say, you know, Bruce is offended me. I don't want to deal with it, so I'm going to sit on this side of the church. And not, t- not shake Bruce's hand. That's not dealing with it. If I can say, no, I'm going to let it go. It's it it just me being stupid. I don't know why I took it that way. I'm just going to let it go. That's an option. That still means I've already repaired peace between me and Bruce. That means I, I still have that relationship. So we have the option, as the Bible says, to turn the other cheek and say, okay, it's not a big deal. I'm going to let it go. Work it out or let it go. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it be possible... As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. It's a great verse. If it be possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. Has this ever happened to you? hope it hasn't. Have you ever tried to shake somebody's hand who refused to shake your hand? <laughs> like, they're, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm mad at you. There's something going on. Peace is a two-way street. And you can only control one way of it. So what the Bible is saying that you ought to pursue peace. And if you've pursued peace and you've extended your hand to, re- to restore that relationship and they refuse to restore that relationship, you've done all that you have to do. Does that mean that you hate them? Okay, I did everything to do. I can wash my hands and hate them. No, that doesn't mean that. It means that you have initiated peace. They have not reciprocated that. So you just keep extending peace to that person. That person ought to know that peace is still an option. Peace is still an option for them. They may not receive it now, but maybe two weeks later they'll receive it. Peace is still an option. In other words, you have made peace in your mind and in your heart, and you have let that thing go. You've, you've done all that you can do. And as much as lied within you, you made peace with all men. They didn't receive it. It's okay. Just make sure that they know that peace is an option. So if you're in a conflict, here's the question. Do, and you want to make peace? Does the other party know that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make peace? Does the other person on the other side say, no, that 
I'm ready to make peace. The only reason there's no peace in this relationship is because you're not willing to make peace. That's all I need to know. And if they choose not to, it's okay. You can put your head on the pillow at night and say, I did what I'm supposed to do. I pursued peace to the very end. <laughs> but if we don't do these things, if we're not proactive about these things, then we will not have victory. We'll have drama and we won't be able to enjoy life as much. The Bible here is talking about, you know, bite your tongue. Don't manipulate situations. Don't meddle in situations. Take the high road. Start mending relationships with those around you. Seek peace. Pursue it. Go after it. Do all that you can do so that they know that peace is your goal. If that's what you've done, they may have drama, but you don't have drama. Let me tell you a story as I close. Right back here in the nursery, years ago, 25 years ago, we were building this building. How many were around when we were building this building? Some, some of you, are, not very many of you, some of you are still around. And we were back there, and, and Brian for sure would know the person I'm talking about. I was back in the back. I had worked all day. We were getting up early, working all day. I was tired. I was grouchy. I know it's hard to believe, but I get grouchy at times. All right? And so a guy came in to lay carpet in the nursery. He was a carpet layer. He was coming to volunteer his time. And he came in, and he was in a bad mood. And he was throwing things, and he was mad. And he was like, why isn't this done? And why isn't that done? And why isn't this done? And it just built up and built up and built up in me. And he had not come to work to volunteer a, a night earlier or two nights earlier because he had a birthday party for his son. No big deal. But know what I said? I said, maybe it would have been done. I was here working all day trying to get things done. And maybe it would have been done if you hadn't gone to a birthday party for your son. Not a very nice thing to say. I didn't bite my tongue. <laughs> the filter was broken that day. And I, I walked out of the, the, uh, the, the nursery and walked into where the lobby is. And I got about three or four steps away, and I felt terrible. <laughs> I felt so terrible. I felt that was so why did I say that? So I waited a minute or two. I went back in there. I said to him, hey man, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. Uh, it, it's not your fault. I was just tired. I, I, I overreacted. I'm glad you went to your son's birthday party. It, it has nothing to do with that. I overreacted. Hope you forgive me. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was okay. That guy eventually, uh, I mean, through the course of time, eventually drift away from the church. That happens. Years later, he contacted me and Pastor Stone. We went over to his house here in town, sat down at his table. He said, I want to talk to you guys about something. He said, Pastor Stone, I have a bone to pick with you. And he began to explain one thing that Pastor Stone had said to him years ago that he was still upset about. He said, Pastor Hall, I have a bone to pick with you. That one day in the nursery, you yelled at me. You said that. And this is like 10 years later. And what I said to him, I said, hey, man, I apologize. I thought we were good. I thought it was okay. I didn't realize that all these years you were still angry. I'll do whatever it takes to make it right to you. I, I don't know what I can do to make it right to you after all these years, but it was simply a, a mistake that I made, and I apologize again for it. You know what I'm saying is, you can do all that you think is right to, to have peace and pursue peace. And you can be on peace on your side, 
And someone can carry that for year after year after year. And those types of things, if you carry and you just don't, the difference was I dealt with it and I felt good about it. He never dealt with it. And so if you have a problem with someone in the church, and you say, this is my, I'm not going to pursue peace. I'm just going to let it be, but I'm not happy about it. Don't let that eat you up. They always say this about bitterness and those types of things. It does more damage to the vessel that it holds it than what it's poured out on. He held that in for years and did damage to him. Meanwhile, for 10 years, I enjoyed life. You know why? Because I made peace. He didn't. What I'm saying to you is if you want to enjoy life and see good days, follow the prescription of the Bible. Bite your tongue, choose the high road, and pursue peace. I think these apply to resolving drama. Maybe you're in a situation right now where, you know, there's somebody in the church I just feel uneasy with. I, I don't think I can have them over to our home. Uh, maybe something's happened. Maybe you need to reach out to that person and finish that off. Deal with that. Maybe there's someone at work that you need to just, you know, reach out to. It doesn't have to be like, let's have a long conversation and share our feelings. It doesn't have to be that long. But maybe you just need to reach out and say, hey, I'm good. I just want you to know that I am I'm good. I'm past it. I'm on. And you can do that through a, a, a card, a note, uh, just uh, being kind to somebody. Let them know that peace is uh, on your side already taken care of, resolving drama. And it applies to avoiding drama. If you don't want to have drama this week going forward, be conscious about biting your tongue choosing the high road, and pursuing peace. So this week, I'm going to challenge you to be decisively proactive, loving life, seeing good days, by biting your tongue, choosing the high road, and pursuing peace. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?